been looking at verses 16 through 23, 16 through 23. Let's go ahead and read those. Colossians chapter 2, 16 through 23. Let no man, therefore, judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head, from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Now, this is a pivotal passage here. If you've got a Bible where it shows you, you're right there in chapter 3, you can see, well, if or since you then have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, etc. But this section right here, I've entitled, Believer Beware. Have you ever heard of Buyer Beware? How many of you wished at one time you were beware of <laughs> when it came to what you were, you were buying? I remember I caught... I, we bought a car, oh brother, a Dodge Dart. I so wish I hadn't bought that. Remember that, honey? That, that, was, that was not the car to get. I'm not gonna go into it, but man, there's just been some vehicles or stuff, you know, you wind up buying, it's like, oh boy. We bought a Honda. You know, we're Honda people, we like Hondas. We bought a Honda from a, a, a family down Watt Avenue, way down, not too far from where you live, um, Peter, and... Uh, Anyway, we bought a Honda for um, Heather. Had it going for one month, and the engine blew up. There went a thousand bucks. Right there. Oh man. There are situations that wind up in churches, and, and this is this is why when it comes to the meat and potatoes of the of the Christian life, I enjoy studies like this because I think you know we need to have discernment and we need to share discernment. There, you realize how many things are out on the internet right now for people to listen to and books to read, you know, and, you know, uh, just, just different stuff. Um, there's a, uh, there's, there's a, a, a thing on TV right now. Is it on, do you really call it TV now or what do you call it? I don't know. But anyway, there are some questions on that. Uh, when it comes to Christ, uh, when it comes to what's written about him. Of course, the big thing that came around several years ago uh, is this book, The Shack. I'm sorry, that's not the God of the Bible right there. There's also the book, Jesus Calling. No, that's another Jesus Calling. But it winds up being 
you know, hey, people go for it and this and that. And you get to realizing, my soul, no wonder people, because they didn't really know their Bibles, they fell head over heels with Joseph Smith. You know, or, or there's others I could go into, or in the charismatic movement. You know, it's like, wait a minute, this, this, is, this is not good. This is not good. Now, you can plug in, you can think of principles that can be gleaned from here on several levels when it comes to our Christian life. In this particular case, like we have said before, This was a situation where a church is being inundated by those who are saying, hey, we can take you to a higher level. These were people that claimed to have a a, a unique identity and knowledge and wisdom. And these Gnostics, I mean, they just, they know how to take you there. Uh, it's just like you go to the Mormons, you know, hey, there's, you, do you realize there is more to the Bible? I mean, you, we could go on and on and on. I try, I was listening, in fact, I, I just, it, it came up on the YouTube feed and it was a Catholic father that was trying to refute something that John MacArthur had taught. John MacArthur was right. He tried to refute it, and he is, he is, I mean, he is laser-like. He is looking at the Catholics and saying, now, this man is wrong. Listen to what he says. So, he, you know, he, he plays a minute and a half of what John MacArthur says, and then he goes to refute it. I had to start bust out laughing because he, in trying to refute what MacArthur said about Mariology and all that, affirmed it. And it's like, well, friend, you know, that's that's just, that's the way it goes. Satan knows he's lost at the cross. So he's got to give people something close to it that will draw them away. So this, in, in this last section, before Paul pivots, and it's a great pivot, in, in, in chapter three, before he does that, he finishes up his thought there. You know, we, we have such a mighty Christ. We have a wonderful Christ. He doesn't need more. Christ does not need man's help to get his work done. So we're going to see, first of all, that Christ is the answer to ritual that these people are trying to push. Let no man, verse 16, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. There were people, what they had, there was a mixture of legalism and Judaism. And of course, in in this Gnosticism, there was a, there was mystic uh, thought and such, and they're bringing this stuff in. They're trying to show them, you come with us, everything will be better. No, that's not true. So he says, look, don't let anybody judge you. 
Don't let anybody judge you. When you have an oriental mysticism mixed with Jewish legalism, a little bit of philosophy and a little bit of so-called Christian teaching, you're going to have people confused, but when those people look at them with the all-knowing eye, they're going to go, well, maybe I need to follow them because they're telling me I have duties to perform. There are days I need to observe. This is what bothers me. I've got a loved one back east that has gotten caught up, and I know this gentleman and the movement, uh, where there's a thing of, look, if you're really saved, you're going to follow the traditions. No. Galatians and Colossians refutes that. But again, they will look at you with a straight face. This fellow said, literally, billions of people who think they're on their way to heaven are not because they're not doing what we're doing. And yet the Bible doesn't say to do what they say you're supposed to do. The basis for our freedom is Jesus Christ. In him is all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily. We don't need anything more. He canceled the debt of our sin and of the law. It's, it's amazing how people, when, when you get to talking about this, you know, and you start, you start walking, it's like some people think, you know, you're, I'm on this tightrope. You know, I got to be careful. I don't want to fall this way or this way. And it's like, wait a minute. Why are you trying to, why are you struggling to keep a law? Jesus did away with it. Why are you trying to keep the Mosaic system? Jesus did away with it. You know the old saying, you know, somebody, somebody says, well, you know, you mean I don't have to keep the law so I can just do what I please? Well, let me ask you, is the Lord Jesus Christ your master? Do you love him? Do you want to do what's right? Then what pleases you? There we go. He is the basis of our freedom. The believing Gentiles in Colossae were never under the Mosaic law. We were never under the Mosaic law. But these people are saying, you're under the Mosaic law. I get it, knock, knock, no, no, that's not the case. The person who judges a believer because that believer is not living under Jewish law, is really judging Jesus Christ. That's the truth. If, if, if you need the law in order to be complete in him, Jesus didn't do a good enough job. That's just it. And, and yet, this is how the wicked one works. And we've got people, seriously, we've got people that are being told, look, if you're a true Christian, you're going to do this. If, if, you're, you're, if, you, if you're a true Christian, you're going to speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not a true Christian. I, I can't remember if I told you about this, but, um, oh, Bruce Fry, when he was here, he said, get this book. If you want, you know, this is kind of an interesting book. 
because we like Andy Griffith. So, you know, this, this is about Don and Andy, and it was interesting. Don Knotts, they both didn't have the best of, of uh, lives, quite honestly. Uh, I'm only about halfway through, a little over halfway through the book. But it was really sad to hear this one situation. One of the things, Don Knotts met with a psychiatrist. Stop me if I've already told you guys this. He, he met with a psychiatrist, and it turned out that one of the things, one of the things that really drove the phobias of Don Knotts was he never spoke in tongues, and he tried his best. And so he was angry with God. The psychiatrist said, why don't you cuss God out and just walk away from it all? And that's exactly what Don Knotts did. He cursed it. I mean, using all the language. Walked away from it. I haven't gotten to where, you know, what the full fruit of that was. But that was really sad. We had a fellow that lived across the street here. And they were in the church for a while. His first wife, he was, he was in Minnesota during the 76 um, uh, election. And his wife jumped off a bridge because she was so down on herself. It just, it just didn't work for her. She didn't, want to go, she didn't want to keep going anymore. See, these people come along, and all of a sudden, if, if, you, if people start listening to them, the freedom in Christ begins to dissolve away, and what takes place, according to verse 16, there becomes a bondage of legalism, even though, and by the way, Paul had to deal with this somewhat in the church at Galatia as well. This is why he told the people in Galatians 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Isn't it amazing? There are people out there that they have this this wicked drive in them to bring other people into bondage. It can be governments or it can be local churches. That's sad. We We wound up having... A family years ago, a family come to this church because the previous church that they were in, and they grew up in it. But that, that finally they couldn't handle it anymore because they basically were having it ramrodded down there. You need to do exactly what we say, not talking about what's in the Word of God, but what they came up with. You got to do exactly what we say, or you're living out, you're, you're living in sin. That is just so sad. So look at verse 16 again. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Hey, you know, we're told that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's take care of the body. But we are not like, we're not like the Jews where, you know, they had clean and unclean meats. No, no, the Lord took care of that. Jesus showed Peter, hey, what I've called clean, you don't call unclean. And he did that by, you know, all these animals that he saw. Arise, Peter, kill and eat. Now, there are some things I don't get excited about eating. You know, anything that you don't like to eat. I I, I drive my wife crazy because I'm not all that big on fish. You know, not even salmon, you know, stuff like that. I'm sorry, I'm a sinner, saved by grace, praise God. 
But Jesus made it clear, and the New Testament makes it clear. Food is neutral. Food is neutral. Oh, does that mean we can drink? Wait a minute. We do not give ourselves over to the control of anything but the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that. That's as far as I'm going to go on that right now, because i got a lot to cover. So if someone is healthier by sticking with certain foods, okay, praise God, that's great. But that is simply in taking care of the body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not a thing of, well, it's, it's Friday, I got to eat fish. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But it was also days in respect of an holy day of the new moon or of the Sabbath. The Jews lived by the calendar. We don't. Period. Now, there's things that we celebrate. But even that, you know, we've talked about Christmas, and, I, and I've mentioned this, and, you know, we've got other ideas, you know, when it comes to stuff like Christmas, but we're, we're not commanded to celebrate Christmas. To me, we use it, hey, listen, it's an opportunity to tell the world, guess what? The Savior came, and he came for you. Other than that, you know, well, what, you got a Christmas tree? Sure, I have a Christmas tree, but I don't sit down and worship it. You know, in fact, there's been times when we didn't have a tree. If I could get a bigger gift, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. 1 Timothy 1.8, Paul told Timothy. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. If a man understands Christ has set us free, but there are principles there, praise God. But bottom line, we're talking about living by grace. Why? All those things that were listed in the law, look at verse 17, we're a shadow of things to come. But the body, hey, here we go. We're in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have come new. The body is of Christ. So what we are now in is the blessing of grace. The blessing of grace. The law was the shadow. Hebrews 10.1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the corners, excuse me, make the comers thereunto perfect. <laughs> Paul is trying to tell them this. Look, okay, you, you, you as a Jew, you want to go back to living this way, and oh, by the way, you're going to tell these Gentiles over here, which if you read the book of Acts, you know what the church told them in the beginning, but you know, you're going to get the Gentiles to go your direction. Guess what? You know what that's going to do for your Christian life? That's it. That's it. It was simply a mere shadow. Everything is in Christ. By the way, do you think the wicked one hates Jesus? He is going to do everything he can. Listen, he's going to do everything he can to pull away from Christ, whatever he can, anything, when it comes to the believer living by faith, 
because again, that's how we live. But if he, if, if he can get the, if the wicked one can get believers one way or another through some guy who comes along and he's a smarter. And he starts telling him these things. You know, you got to live by this, this, and this. And I mean, seriously, you stop, listen, you stop and think about it. There have been movements that have come along because guess what? People were concerned and are concerned about, for instance, the drift in America towards more and more sin, right? Then there are those that get uh, concerned about the drift in local churches. So next thing you know, you've got homeschoolers that are staying away from the local fellowship. What they have is more important. By the way, he's, he's talking about this when it comes to being under the head. Uh, there were, there were, there were um, movements with certain individuals that were talking about principles. And a lot of that stuff was good to a point, but it negated the local church. And next thing you know, the movement is more important than the local fellowship. Well, the local fellowship has problems. You know why? They're made up of people just like you. And your, 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 your movement has problems too, oh, by the way. And in fact, one of those greater movements, there was a crash and burn. It, it's, it's interesting what happens with movements that look at the church and say, you know, you're not good enough, or churches that decide to be movements. And, 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 they, and they, leave, they leave the true testimony of a local church, and next thing you know, you've got campuses all over the world in this one particular situation, and guess what? They leave the morality that is taught in the Bible because they're going, in order to maintain what they have, They've got to keep the music going. They've got to keep the movement going. They, you know, the, is the camera on? I don't want, I don't even really, really start dancing up here. Okay, no, <laughs> no but you know, I, I, just, I, I, I just saw this thing advertised on what happened with uh, Hillsong. That's wretched. But this, you know, to them, it's a worldwide movement. And it was, but it ought not to have been. There is something that we must recognize. The movement is not the head. Christ is the head. The movement is not the answer. Christ is the answer. We walk by faith, not by feeling. And even independent fundamental Baptist churches, some are starting to go this direction because after all, this is what people want. I want Jesus. You know, and, and you know, remember that talk we heard a long time ago? I don't care if it's ju it just comes down to me. I'm gonna be walking with the Lord. Now some of them are going, well, you know, <laughs> we said that out of ignorance. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. 
the blessing of grace. Look at verse 18. Let no man beguile you because of the blessing of grace. We have to be careful about what mysticism brings in. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels intruding into those things which he hath not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. You see the word beguile there? He says, don't, don't let anybody beguile you. The, the Greek word translates there means to declare unworthy of a prize. It's an athletic term. The umpire disqualifies a contestant because he has not obeyed the rules. Now, in the, in the Christian realm, what he's saying is this. Somebody, they don't lose their salvation, but the thing is they have lost the approval of the Lord. You know, something else took the place, not Christ. He uses the word intruding. That was a technical term used by, guess what? <laughs> the mystics of that day. That term there meant to set foot in the inner shrine, to be fully initiated into the mysteries. Look at what he's saying here. No, let, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen. He's going into something. He doesn't know this, but he's telling you, this is where it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. You've got yourself a Bible and seeking the Holy Spirit's uh, movement in you to guide you, understanding the Bible interprets itself, you have what you need. You don't need something else. The preacher that gets up and preaches needs to have the Holy Spirit to teach and preach the Word of God as it is written, period. He doesn't start drifting off into other stuff just to try to get a bigger crowd. Sorry, that's not what we need. Look at verse 19. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increased, increaseth with the increase of God. It is through worship, through prayer, through the word, we draw on the resources of Christ. Christ set up the local church to do just that, period. The New Testament says nothing about isolated saints. It says nothing about isolated saints. It talks about the body of Christ. If we are seeking, if Christians are seeking to be obedient and to be fulfilling the Great Commission, et cetera, et cetera, just, you know, by themselves, I, 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 don't, I don't need the church. They're going to be in a world of hurt. It's not going to work. It just isn't going to be there. The nourishment isn't going to be there. Christ set up the local fellowship. He is the head, not a philosophy. 
not a, uh, an overall structure of an institution created by man. We are to be completely given to him. That's it. So, he brings it down to this, starting in verse 20. He says, all right, I've, I've warned you. You need to be in a local church. You need to be submitting to the authority of a local church. And by the way, when I say that, the scripture is plain. Roger's going through this stuff right now in Sunday school. It, does, it isn't a thing where, again, you know, okay, I, 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 I got to do everything that the pastor says, you know, even stuff outside of scripture. No, the preacher is up there, and that's for one thing, to preach this book. It's not to get up there and, and, and say <laughs> interesting stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to go into it there. So bottom line, starting in verse 20, he says this, look, no matter how you paint it, don't let anyone enslave you. Now, in bringing through that, that, that thought, Paul is talking about the asceticism that people were seeking, the self-denial, the self-mortification that these people were seeking to bring in the local church. Um, when, <clears throat> I, I wish I hadn't done this. I'm telling you, I do not travel well without this lady. Uh, I went by myself to Hong Kong. We took a trip, we took a missions trip to uh, Mexico. That was great. But, you know, I went, I went to see the Darlings and I went by myself. Why? Because I'm stupid. Traveled all the way there and I learned something about our dear Chinese people, especially there in Hong Kong. They like sleeping on hard beds. I, 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 I'm not kidding. I mean, when I mean capital H A R D. I couldn't believe. I laid down in that thing, you know, and it's got cushion about that much. Otherwise, it's concrete. You know, it just it was it was really something. I it, that was that trip was so funny, because like the second day, all of a sudden, I'm just like. I, I need something Americana. So that's when I went out looking for a McDonald's. I kid you not, I found one several blocks from the motel. And I th- it wasn't a motel. It was a really nice hotel. I mean, really nice. And so I found a McDonald's. And then I went to a store. And I was in hog heaven. I found peanut butter, jelly, and Ritz crackers. I'm in heaven. I'm in you know, that was it. That's all. And, a, you know, a couple of sodas, you know, there we go. That's, that's great. But this, what's that? Oh, never. No. This, see, this is why I tell her, you know, you die on me, I'll kill you. I will dig you up and smack you so hard you'll feel it in heaven. That's just the way. So look, this is what he starts talking about here. Christians were, ta- were, were talked into... Look, this is what you know. You don't touch this. You don't taste this. You don't handle that. In other words, it's just like the Jews. You know, they stayed away from pork. They stayed away from this. They stayed away from that. 
This is what they were trying to bring them into. Now we look at this and it's like, well, this is crazy. We don't have anything like that. Yes, we do. It's amazing how people can come in. There was a fellow that I knew. He started out into evangelism and he was doing great. He started out, I kid you not, he was doing great. But remember what I went through over 20 years ago? He did the same thing in evangelism. And somebody got hold of him and started telling him, look, this is how you need to eat and live. Don't touch anything else, just this, 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 and this. And it got to the point where this was all he was preaching. Guess what, Roger? He's not in the ministry anymore. And he was a great preacher. The Lord was using him. You don't go down that road. Asceticism doesn't work. Look, if you want to avoid certain foods, I mean, we can say, you know, stay away from sugar. And I agree, you know, so I'll mix Coke with Diet Coke. You know, there we go. I just, you know, it's now a low sugar drink, you know. But this is what happens is people get to thinking. What they do is they take the touch not, taste not, handle not, they take it and put it on the same plane with living a godly life. I can't live a godly life unless, I'm, unless I am being very careful with what I'm eating. It equates there. When we had a Christian school, when we were in Hollister, I remember particularly this one, this lady was in this movement. We were warned that there there are people out there that you have to teach the kids. Roger, I don't know if you ever heard it, you you know, if you guys have ever heard, but you, you had to teach the kids, this is how they have to eat. No, no. No, I, I'm, 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 I'm the teacher, I'm the youth pastor, I'm not the parent. Wisdom, sure, but wait a minute. Look at verse 21. Touch not, taste not, handle not, these are the rules, which are all, oh, by the way, which are all to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Listen, <clears throat> the commandments and doctrines of the false teacher was replacing the commandments of Christ, the doctrines of the word. The doctrines were what the false teachers believed. The commandments were the regulations they gave in applying the doctrines that they believed in. God gave food to be used, period. Wise, yes. Live by it, hey, wait a minute. Paul said in Romans 14, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. Paul was dealing with this in Romans 14. And what winds up taking place is ultimately there is a deception. There's a deception. Look at verse 23, the deception of asceticism. People get to thinking, hey, I'm doing better in Christ because this is how I'm living. Look at verse 23. Which things have indeed a show. You know, it kind of looks good. A wisdom in will worship and humility. Hey, 
I am making myself live a certain way. Now, when I had cancer, I was convinced, you know what I need to do? I need to go on a raw food diet. And by the way, that raw food diet was killing the cancer. Howsomever, I needed protein. Now, there are people, they get into this thing, and it's like, you know, we're not going to eat meat, to, you know, the, the whole, but they, they, no, can't do that. No, I'm real careful about somebody that get, comes along and says, that's how we're going to wind up living. No, not going to do it. But if people live like that, and it doesn't have to be just food, it can be other things as well. Will worship and humility, I'm going to humble myself, and I will make this myself go through this because I want to show people what kind of a disciple I am, and I have more control over me than you do. Wrongo. And neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. They have a reputation they want to build up. That is not good. That is not good. Instead, Paul is about to pivot. He's going to say, listen, this is the new life. This is the function. And you see that in chapter 3, verse 1. If or since he be risen with Christ, hey, rather than going after these things on earth, trying to show yourself, you know, I'm living the Christian life by going through man-made rules, he says, listen, set your affection on things above not on things on the earth. And that's what we're going to get into next time when we get back into Colossians. We'll start at chapter...